This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 31. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. So recently, I did a live webinar with Canadian Money Saver magazine on the subject of how much do you need to retire. So hopefully, you were able to take part in that and get your questions answered during the Q&A component. But in case you didn't, what I thought would be neat was basically create a podcast audio version of the presentation so that you can still benefit and basically learn from all the research and content that was in there. So to give you an idea of what we'll cover in this episode, here's the description that we used for the webinar. How much do you need to retire? No matter what age you are, chances are you've asked yourself this critical question at some point. The stakes are high and there are no do-overs. So how can you best prepare yourself now to ensure that you have enough to live the lifestyle that you want in retirement? Join us as we dive into the best practices and key factors to consider when figuring this out for yourself. Is there a magic retirement number that you should aim for with your investments? What levers can you pull to retire early and sustain that retirement long term? Whether you're decades away from retirement or getting close to that big day, join us to learn some of the key considerations to ensure that you have enough to retire. All right, so I hope you like that, and that's what we're going to cover today. Now, if you are thinking about having enough for retirement, whether it's an early retirement in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, or a more traditional later retirement in your 60s, obviously a big component of being able to pull that off is investing properly. And so what I'd like to do is promote two resources that can help you not only do this properly, but they actually also help support the show and then let it stay on the air. So the first resource that I have that I'd like to endorse is for those Canadians that want to learn how to get started in investing here in Canada. Canada, while at the same time paying the lowest fees possible. So one of the most common questions that I get asked by listeners of the show is how to actually invest properly. So what I've done is basically created an in-depth step-by-step video guide that shows you how to actually do everything from beginning to end. And in it, I also answer all the questions that I get asked by Canadians who are looking to get started in investing. So the video guide is specifically for Canadians where we actually get to look over my shoulder and see exactly how I invest every single month. You'll see exactly where I go, where to click, and really how to avoid some of the most common and critical investing mistakes made by Canadians. On top of all that, you get full access to all the tools and resources that I personally use when I invest every month. So you don't have to go out there and do any complicated math or build your own you know, fancy spreadsheets as I've basically built and automated all the complicated parts for you. And these are things that I actually use myself. You also get unlimited support directly from me in case you have any questions and you get an entire two months to try out the entire guide risk-free. So you can check out the details and view two full lessons for free over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. And for those Canadians who maybe have already been doing a fair bit of investing themselves, the second resource I recommend is if you want some advice on what investments to actually buy. For example, maybe you want to invest in some stocks that will reliably pay you dividends to fund your lifestyle. Or maybe you want to allocate a portion of your portfolio towards stocks that have a high potential for growth. Or maybe you have some questions about specific ETFs or stocks that you're considering. So that's where 5i Research comes in, where they have already answered over 40,000 investing questions, and where you can actually ask your own questions as well. 
They also have different model portfolios for different investment strategies and over 70 research reports of companies that they follow where they tell you the stocks that they recommend, whether you're a dividend investor, a growth investor, or if you're looking for a nice balanced portfolio. And it's worth mentioning too that they're totally conflict-free. And that's why really I wanted to partner up with them. They don't actually sell any investments. So basically, they're a great non-biased resource to get recommendations on specific stocks and ETFs. So they're not trying to sell you, you know, some stocks or some ETFs or some you know extra service on the back end. Now, Normally, they don't offer free trials, but I've arranged with them that listeners of the Build Wealth Canada show can actually get full access for free for one month. So you basically get full access to all the stock recommendations, all the model portfolios, as well as their database of over 40,000 answered investing questions. So I encourage you to check it out. At the very least, you're going to learn a ton and you can get full access to everything for free for a month by going to buildwealthcanada.ca slash trial. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash trial. All right, so I hope you check those out, and now let's get into the episode. All right, so let's start off with the the big question: Is there a magic number to allow for retirement? Is there a specific number that you know we can all aim for? And once you hit that number, basically you're able to retire. So if you hit it earlier, you're able to retire earlier. If you don't hit it until sixty, then I guess you have to wait until sixty. So is there a number like that? And unfortunately, the answer is no. Uh, the The amount you need really can vary quite wildly from person to person. And I'll give you some uh, a couple of kind of real life examples of that. So one of the things that I kind of do on the side is I help uh, financial planners uh, create plans, retirement projections for their clients. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get calls from financial planners asking me, okay, I have a client in this and this situation. You know, they're looking to retire earlier, for example. You know, how can I kind of model this? How can I see if they have enough to retire? And so I, I help quite a few planners uh, with that, uh, how to model all of that. And, and there was one in particular that really stands out to me. And that was that there was a client where she, or it was a financial planner who had a client. And that particular client was actually incredibly well you know, multimillionaire easily. What happened is her, um, so her husband, he, I guess he owned several businesses and then he passed away. So she was a widow and he, she basically inherited all this money. And so, I mean, she had, you know, just, just millions and millions of dollars. She was already a bit older. So, you know, for any kind of average person, she had enough money to live off for basically, you know, indefinitely. It, uh, it, it definitely, you know, she, she basically was was done. She didn't have to work another day in her life if she didn't want to. And so I thought, wow, this is going to be an easy one to, to do. This is going to be an easy, uh, you know, <laughs> this is going to be an easy person to help, right? Because they already have enough money. So it's not like we have to try to see, you know, how can we squeeze more money out so that they, she can retire. But what was what I was surprised to learn, actually, was that the, the, the financial planner I was helping told me that, that she is actually kind of on her way to, to bankruptcy that she is that if she continues spending at the rate that she's spending now she will basically run out of money uh you know and and she will be in, in really really horrible shape and so the whole kind of uh, thing we were trying to show this client was how she actually has to slow down her spending because at the current rate she's burning through cash it's just it's not sustainable uh, and so that was a really big eye-opener for me or you kind of you know and you hear about these kinds of things with celebrities all the time right or, or some professional athletes even right where they they make all this money when they're when they're younger when they're kind of at their prime uh, more money than some of us will ever see see and and then they somehow run out and they run into financial troubles so that's kind of a you know that was a real life example for me but we hear it all the time with celebrities and and, uh, and athletes as well 
And so the kind of what the big lesson there is that there's always ways to spend to outspend uh, what you have, uh, and so we can't just have uh, kind of a flat number that will, is okay for everyone uh, because it really comes down to what it is that you're spending, right? And, and kind of to give you another uh, example of that, we have you know sometimes if you if you do some research on some of the financial blogs out there, there are people that live on on very very little uh, amount per year, so they might spend you know under twenty five thousand dollars a year, for example. On living expenses, you know, they might be living out of a trailer or they have one of those mini homes. And so obviously that kind of retirement number, the number they have to hit to be able to cover all their expenses and retire, it's a lot different for them. It's a lot smaller than, you know, kind of than it might be for you and I, uh, who, who maybe kind of have sort of the more average life, uh, you know, and then of course, a person who is an extremely large spender, they may need a much, much, much larger number. So so that's kind of the, the reasoning. And so it's really important to not get fixated that, okay, for example, I need you know, I need a million dollars and then I'm set. You know, it really, there's so many variables to to factor in that it's really dangerous to just blindly go after one number and not think about your expenses and not think about the kind of lifestyle that you want in retirement. So, so I hope that makes sense. And I hope that that kind of gives you some, um, Kind of, you know, you kind of take that as a sort of caution, uh, you know, to not just blindly aim for a, for a particular number, and and what an important factor spending plays in all of this. Okay, so so what do you do then if if there isn't a one magic number? What what can you do uh, to make sure to, to figure out if you actually have enough for retirement? So you know, one of the things that that I recommend you do is basically make sure that you're considering all the critical elements when it comes to planning, and and in this. In this show, where we're basically gonna in this episode, we're gonna talk about some of those most critical elements, the most important things that can have a really big impact on when you are able to retire, uh, you know, how early you are able to retire. And then the second thing you have to do is basically you have to crunch the numbers for yourself. So don't take other people's numbers, don't take some you know some quote unquote rules that you heard out there, but actually you will have to go in there and you'll have to crunch the numbers yourself. And you know I am gonna give you some good general guidelines, some easy ways to figure out what number to aim for. But the reality is that, you know, that, that that's all great and good once you're, you know, when you're trying to accumulate wealth, you're trying to lower your, your spending, you're trying to earn as much as, you're trying to save as much as possible to hit that number. But once you get really close to that number and you're getting pretty close to retirement, it's time to take a much deeper look, kind of a micro level look. You know, you have to kind of look at things through, you know, a bit of a microscope and consider all of those different elements because, you know, there are different things that, that you know, in your life that, that are different than somebody else's life. And so you, you really do need to factor all those different things in uh, because what, what might be good for one person, you know, might not be good enough for you and vice versa. And so, you know, really what I wanted to do in this particular episode is, yes, I'll give you some some easy ways to get a number to aim for so that you can kind of retire early and so that you can kind of keep track. But keep in mind that, you know, once you get close to that number, you do actually want to generally sit down with someone who, you know, who is a financial planner, who, who specializes in sort of, you know, retirement planning, and they can actually crunch all the numbers for you and they can factor in all of these different elements that do apply to you to let you know okay can you actually retire now now that you're getting sort of close to this this number that you've been aiming for and I will say too that I mean, even if you are, let's say, a master in spreadsheets, if you know you're really good at math, maybe you're really good at modeling things. I, you know, I consider myself, uh, you know, an Excel power user, so you know, I could try and I could try modeling this as well. But even if you are someone that is, uh, you know, that, that is very familiar with math, that is, you know, good at math, that knows how to model things, that knows how to do financial projections, I would still recommend that, sure, you can do your own numbers, but still have kind of a third party, an unbiased third party crunch the numbers for you as well. I mean, the stakes are basically very, very high. And so, you know, you don't want to just 
depend on yourself, right? It's good to get other experts' opinion, at least one other expert, you know, that that does this basically for a living, just to make sure that you don't that you don't miss anything. Uh, just so that something that can really, you know, maybe cut down how long it will take you to retire by several years, or maybe something that can prevent you from thinking you can retire when you really can't yet because you have to save a bit more money. Okay, so what I'm really gonna do in this presentation too is just show you what are those critical elements so that when you are sitting down, you know, with let's say a financial planner, retirement planner, when you when you're sitting down with them so that you know when they when they tell you how they calculated the numbers, how they got to it, you can ask them the kind of the right smart questions to make sure that they factored everything in. All right. So this is kind of a so sort of a, think of it as almost like a cheat sheet that you can use this episode you can use that as a cheat sheet to make sure that you don't accidentally miss something very very critical that could maybe potentially cut years uh, you know from your retirement all right, so let's let's start with the fun stuff. So if you are, you know, if you're looking for sort of a, a number to aim for to be able to retire, w there's diff different sources, there's different ways of calculating that number. So I'm going to share a bunch of them with you, uh, and then you can try each one of them or one of them just to kind of get a ballpark number so you know what to aim for. So if you go out there and you start googling this and you're look, trying to figure out, okay, in Canada, you know, how much does a couple, how, how much does an average couple need to, uh, you know, retire? For example, uh, the number that you will most often find is between $600,000 and $650,000 in, in today's dollars before tax. That's generally the number that you'll, you'll, you'll see this repeated over and over again from many, many different sources. Now, unfortunately, you know, when, when someone gives you a number like that, it comes with a ton of assumptions on the back end. And so if you, you know, if you read an article and they give you a number like this, if it's a good article at the very bottom, they'll usually say, okay, here's all the assumptions we made and it's going to be a paragraph or two filled with assumptions, right? So once again, this is why, sure, we can have these sort of macro level, you know, goals, but we need to make sure that all these assumptions actually apply to you, right? So when you get closer to that number, you know, you do actually want to make sure, you know, check those assumptions, make sure that they apply to you. But to give you a ballpark, you know, right now, uh, right now it's you know it, it, it's 2016. Right now, you know that's kind of the the number that you would see, you will see repeated most often between 600 and 650 thousand. Another way to get sort of this, you know, quote unquote magic number uh, is to use the 4% rule. And this is a pretty popular, uh, popular rule used by a lot of you know, personal finance bloggers and podcasters. You know, if you listen to some of the US podcasts out there, you know, the 4% rule gets mentioned a, a, a ton. Um, so so let's explain what this 4% rule actually is. So um, let's say that we... Uh, in our previous example, we said, okay, let's say you need 600,000. You say, okay, is $600,000, if I have that saved up, is that enough to retire on? So what we can do is we can take 600,000, we can multiply that by 4%, and that equals $24,000. So that's saying, okay, on my 600,000 portfolio, I'm able to take out roughly 4% per year, and that's going to give me about $24,000 worth of income. So the question is, can I live off of $24,000 in, in my retirement, right? And so that's a question that you can ask yourself. Uh, and of course, you know, you won't really know that unless you actually, you know, tr track your spending for a bit and realize, you know, look at all the different sort of expenses that you have and you can figure that out. Now, one really important uh, caveat to that is, okay, 24,000 might not seem like a lot, but if you actually do wait to retire at kind of the more traditional age, you start getting the government benefits. So the government benefits that we get, the, one that, the ones that most of us will get is CPP uh, and OAS. And so those are the two, uh, 
benefits we get. And generally, once again, you know, we're, we're just looking kind of at general sort of averages, rules, generally that you're going to get about 30, if you're a couple, you're going to get about $30,000 per year from CPP and OAS. So now, you know, that $24,000 seemed pretty small, you know, based on our $600,000 in savings, but we're getting an extra 30,000 on top of that. So that means every year, you know, we're basically getting, we're able to spend $54,000 per year pre-tax. So $54,000 actually isn't bad at all. A lot of people, and once again, if you go out there and you want to, you know, do your own research and read a ton of articles, you'll find that, you know, $54,000 is actually sufficient to retire. A lot of people, uh, you know, would be happy with that. It gives you enough to cover your expenses. Plus it gives you a bit of extra money to spend on, on some of the, you know, hobbies and things that you enjoy. No, you're not going to be, you know, taking private jets to places. You're not going to be flying first class, you know, across Europe every single year, but it's enough to basically kind of live, I would say, comfortable type of retirement. So if you want to run these numbers yourself, basically take a number that you think you may want to hit. So, you know, in this example, I said 600,000. You can make it something something more than that or less than that. Multiply it by 4% and look at what that number is. Can you live off of that? If you want to retire earlier, then just realize that you're going to need a lot more because you won't have those government benefits. You won't have that CPP and OAS. You won't have that 30,000, you know, to add on top of that. And so obviously, you know, to retire earlier, you're going to need a lot more savings. Okay, let's take a look at another kind of common way that people determine this number. So another way is you, you go 25 times your annual retirement spend, okay, not including the government benefits of CPP and OAS. So let's say that you wanted to do $55,000 per year. Let's say that is what you're, you're aiming as your annual retirement spend. Okay, so to get that $55,000 a year, we'll say 30,000 of that is the government benefits that you would get in retirement. So 30,000 comes from CPP and OAS. And so to hit that 55,000, all you really need uh, is basically you know $25,000 from your savings every single year. And so if you multiply, if you say, okay, so 20, we need $25,000 from savings to be able to satisfy our $55,000 a year spending, we just take $25,000 and we multiply that by 25, which equals 625. All right, so I hope that makes sense. It's a little, it was a little easier to show this in the presentation because I had the PowerPoint so you could actually see the numbers. So I know if you're driving, it can be, at least for myself, I find it hard to kind of do the math in my head and, you know, and visualize it while I'm driving, for example. So, you know, so hopefully that makes sense. But basically you're saying, okay, what is the annual spending that I would like to have in my retirement? All right, so let's say $25,000 and you multiply it by 25. So, right, so if I multiply that out, that's going to be 25,000 times 25 is equal to $625,000. So that's how much I would need to have in order to have $25,000 in spending every single year. And then, of course, like I said earlier, if you are waiting to actually receive the government benefits, let's say, you know, you're retiring at 65, then you're getting that CPP and OAS. So that will be roughly another $30,000 at that point. So now, you know, you have a 25,000 plus the 30,000. So now you have, you're getting $55,000 a year as a couple. Okay, so that's just the, that's just kind of a quick and easy, quick and dirty kind of way, you know, to calculate it so that you know roughly how much you need. Now, one thing I will mention is that the numbers I'm giving you here is for a couple, right? And so that's that's an important consideration as well, because if you're single, you can't just kind of divide that number into two, right? And so one of the reasons is, is because, well, if, if you're going to be single, well, then you're getting CPP and OAS, you're getting those government benefits only for one person, right? So you're not getting 30, the $30,000 anymore. And then the other thing to consider too, is that if you are single, well, there is that argument that two can live as cheaply as one, right? And I'll say, okay, well, two can't live, this is, 
exactly as cheaply as one. But, you know, obviously, if you are living with somebody, let's say you're married, there are certain expenses that you are going to be able to share. Uh, and so generally speaking, you know, if someone's living uh, single versus a couple, you, you won't see their expenses cut by half, right? You might, you might, you'll see the expenses cut a little bit if you're single because of food, for example, you know, but you're still going to have to pay for housing, you're still going to have to pay for other things. So, uh, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Don't if you're if you're single, if you're, let's say you're not planning to get, you know, married or whatever the case may be, just, you know, don't just divide it by two and assume that that's the number because because it's not it's not quite that. Now, one thing to be really careful of as well is that when you see numbers like this, when you see, for example, you need $625,000 to be able to retire, keep in mind that that is in today's dollars, okay? So if you're, let's say you're in your 30s right now, that doesn't mean that, let's say, 30 years from now, you're only you only you're only going to need six hundred twenty five thousand dollars. It doesn't work that way. Keep in mind that there is inflation. So if you're retiring today, right now, sure, six hundred twenty five thousand dollars or six hundred thousand dollars, you know that might be enough for you. But that number is going to be much much higher thirty years from now because you know with inflation, you're going to see general expenses go up generally between two to three percent per year. Okay, so just just keep that in mind because you don't want to. If you're thirty now, you don't want to look back, you know, uh, and say, oh well. You know, over the last 30 years, I saved $600,000. Well, that $600,000 is worth a lot less, you know, is going to be worth a lot less 30 years from now. So, you know, I hope that makes sense. You know, hopefully you understand a bit how inflation works. If, you know, if not, let me know. But that's something that just be very, very care careful, you know, to keep that in mind. You definitely want to factor inflation in. And once again, this is why, like I said, you, you do want sort of a, another person to also take a look at these numbers with you, you know, when the time gets closer to make sure that you do have enough. And like I said, these are just kind of rough numbers just so that we have something to aim for, right? So if you're, let's say you're 30 and you're just starting to invest, let's say, or you're in your, you know, you're in your 20s, then sure, you know, this is a good kind of number to, to aim for, right? Uh, but of course, you know, once you're getting closer to retirement, once you're getting closer to hitting that number, maybe you're, you think you're 10 years out from hitting that number, you know, that's when you, you actually do want to involve someone to take a look at it. So that you can actually optimize it for taxes, you know, things like that. I would argue that you, you want to even, you know, meet with someone as early as possible just to make sure that you're on track, just to make sure that you are optimized, at, le at the very least from a tax perspective. Okay, so hopefully that was helpful. I mean, so, you know, there you have quite a few, you know, three different kind of ways where you can get that number to aim for, right? So I hope you, you know, hopefully you found that useful. I, I certainly did. But, you know, like I said, keep in mind that there are lots of assumptions built into these numbers, okay? And not all of those assumptions may apply to you, right? So it's dangerous to assume that they all do. And keep in mind too that, you know, things do get complicated fast when we want more accuracy, when we want more than just kind of a general easy to figure out number. So for example, you know, when you try to find a magic number like that, well, what if you want to retire early? How does that change things? What about inflation? Like I just mentioned, you know, what about your house? situation are you going to be willing to downsize are you going to be willing to move to another country where the cost of where the housing and cost of living is cheaper you know that plays a really big factor you know what about your work pension how does that factor in a pension can make a really really big difference in terms of when you can retire uh, what about your risk tolerance obviously that can make a really big difference too if you and if you're ext an extremely conservative investor then obviously you're going to need a lot more money so you know there's all like i said there's all these different kind of little caveats all these extra little things you know that can really skew those numbers so you know you know, this is just kind of to, to warn you that as nice as it is to go after these sort of general numbers, keep in mind that, you know, that the situation is a bit more complicated than that. And so eventually the day will come where, you know, you, you really do want to factor those things into. All right, so like I said, I recommend that you have a you know financial planner, money coach, you know somebody uh, that can actually use the software uh, to basically crunch the numbers for you based on your specific situation, so that you know if you're on track to retire by when you want, and so that you have a set goal or a set amount of how much you need to save every single year 
to reach your goals. Now, you know, when you're dealing with somebody that can do this for you, so, you know, a lot of, like I use a, a financial planning software, you know, other financial planners uh, use one as well. You know, you want them to basically plug the numbers in for you and you want to make sure that they're considering all these kind of other factors that are specific to you. All right, so in the following slides, what I'll do is I'll take you through sort of these key elements that basically they should consider when they're crunching your numbers so that they can kind of give you an accurate number. And so for the rest of this talk, what I'll do is I'll give you the things to consider so that you can have a well-informed and effective conversation with whoever is doing your plan. And at the very least, it'll let you discover how knowledgeable they are and whether they actually have your financial well-being in mind or are they just trying to sell you investments, you know, to earn a, a quick commission or a bonus or, or a promotion at work. So, you know, so... The following things, just, just, you know, keep them in mind when you are talking to someone that is doing your financial plan, you know, now or in the future, just so that you, know, you can, you make sure that they're, they're including everything and that you're not getting some number that isn't actually correct. All right. So the first thing you want to do if somebody is crunching your numbers and trying to figure all of this out, make sure that they know what province you're in and, and make sure that they know that you're in Canada. Now, this may sound like a really obvious one, but, you know, different provinces have different rules, you know, especially, you know, the taxation can be different from province to province. And so you want to make sure, you know, if, if you're working, let's say, with an advisor or money coach in a different province, make sure they know, let's say that you're, you know, where you are from, because that can make a pretty big impact on the numbers. And of course, the other big caution thing is, you know, when you're looking at data, when you're talking to professionals, you know, make sure that they're actually Canadian, <laughs> that they know the Canadian, you know, tax laws, that they know, you know, that, that everything is is customized for Canada specifically. Obviously, you know, the U.S. has an absolute ton of content out there, you know, about what to do and retirement planning and, and projections and financial calculators and all these things, you know, but we're in Canada and, and our, our, you know, our laws, our taxation, you know, all our things are so much different. Um, so obviously make sure that you don't just kind of, you know, if you find some great article that has some great, you know, tax advice or whatever the case may be, or retirement planning advice, and make sure that it actually applies to Canada. Uh, that's a really, really easy uh, kind of way to shoot yourself in the foot if you if you kind of overlook that. And the other thing you want to do is when you are doing this kind of a plan, let's say you're sitting down with a financial, you know, planner, uh, if you're a financial advisor, money coach, whatever you want to call them, you know, make sure that you dig up all the critical information about your spouse as well. So for example, their, you know, the pension information or, or other assets, other accounts, that they have and this might be you know a little bit annoying because that means that they may have to go and talk to their HR person and, and pull all that information right there may, there may be some digging chances are if you're listening to this episode then you're probably the one in the in the relationship that's more uh, that's more focused you know on, on managing the money right it, it, that's kind of more your thing usually at least I know when you know in my relationship you know I'm kind of the money person whereas my wife you know is, is not right so so sometimes it can be difficult to try to get them to give you all of the sort of you know financial info because they don't enjoy you know they don't enjoy doing doing all that. But um, but it's really, really important, right? You want to make sure that you have a holistic view of both you and your significant other when making these plans, okay? So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to just kind of ignore it and make some assumptions of what they have, but it's pretty critical to, to get that information from them, especially things like pension information, where it can really have a very, very big impact. Or, you know, or maybe they have some debt that you don't know about, for example, right? That's another one. Or maybe they have some savings account that, you know, that you don't know about that's actually been growing quite a bit. So, you know, you definitely want to have that conversation. All right, so what are some other big things to, to consider? Well, one of the big things is your retirement age. So right now, when I when I speak with a lot of financial planners and they're doing, and I'm helping them do plans for their clients, uh, the, a lot of times right now, you know, 2016, they will use, a, uh, they will say that, okay, the individual will, 
uh, pass away at let's say 90, right? That That's kind of a common number to use. Now, if you're in your 30s, that may be very different. Obviously, the medical technology continues to advance. And so, you know, by the, if you're 30, let's say right now, well, by the time that you're you know, by the time that you're 80, the age might be, you know, somewhere in the 90s, maybe you want to use 100, right, to be a lot more conservative. So, you know, so I would say, you know, if, if you're right now, if you're retiring pretty soon, then I think 90 is a pretty safe number to use, run your projections until age 90. If you're if you're much younger, then you may want to run them to 100 just to be safe. Okay. The other big thing is, well, what, what inflation rate are they using, right? So if you're talking to them, ask them, what inflation rate are they using? Generally, it should be between 2 and 3%. And this can make a really, really big difference in your investing. So for example, let's say that you say, I want to be able to spend you know, $50,000 uh, per year in, 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 in today's dollars, right? So when I'm 60, I want to be able to spend, 50, I want $50,000, let's say, of purchasing power. Well, if you're if we do this right now, and we use an inflation rate of 3%, to be, in order to have $50,000, dollars worth of uh, to be able to have the purchasing power of fifty thousand dollars you actually need over a hundred and one thousand dollars to be able to to be able to spend what fifty thousand dollars can buy now and this is you know once again because of inflation so inflation is a very very critical thing um, so this is once again just a warning sign right that if you that if make sure that this is considered make sure this is factored in if you're going with a professional their software will take all of this into account um, obviously you know if you're just trying to do it all yourself and you're using some neat you know financial calculator you found online then obviously be very very careful be very very careful right because like you, like I said you know in um, you know after 25 years, let's say, you know, you actually need, like I said, over $101,000 to be able to get that $50,000 worth of spending. So that's, that's a pretty, pretty big deal, right? You need more than double, uh, you know, the, what you need right now. So just, just remember to, you know, that make sure that they factor that in. Okay. And this is kind of another reason why you don't want to just ar fall into the trap of arbitrarily picking some high number and assume it's enough for retirement. So don't just assume, oh, well, $1 million, that seems high. That seems really high right now. So I'm, that's how much I'm going to need when I'm 60, you know, so if you're 30 right now, you know, a million dollars is going to be worth a lot less by the time that you're 60, right? So don't just kind of pick a number because it seems high and aim for that. You actually do want to be a bit more precise than that. You do want to actually factor in this inflation. Right, and this is like I said before. So with uh, you know, twenty five in twenty five years, you, you know, you're gonna need double, right? So a one million dollar portfolio, for example, twenty five years from now, can only buy half a million dollar worth of goods, right? So this is why you know, once again, you know, you definitely want to consider this. Now, the other big component when you're doing sort of this retirement planning, you're trying to figure out what you need is you need to be able to forecast your expenses, which is obviously, you know, it can be pretty hard to do. So what I do kind of a, here, here's sort of the step-by-step -step process that I personally take when I'm trying to figure out what my expenses are going to be in retirement and whether I'm able, you know, when I'm and figure out when I'm able to retire. So step one is you basically just need to figure out what are you spending right now? Okay. So what I use, I use min.com. I know Quicken is another kind of software that that's not free, but you know, it's it's by a pretty reputable company. You know, these are kind of two tools, min.com and Quicken, that can help you figure out what it is that you're spending on what expenses right now. So that's that's really step one, right? Is, is you need to know, okay, for this lifestyle that you have right now, for this lifestyle that you're used to, what are you spending your money on? How much do you actually need, uh, you know, to be able to live kind of comfortably the way you're living right now? The second step is to eliminate expenses that you won't incur while you're not working, okay? So for example, you might not need that second car, right? If right now you and let's say your spouse 
are working, you might each have a car, right? Well, when you're retired, you there's a good chance you could probably get rid of that car, right? So that means there might be no longer there may no longer be a car loan. You no longer have to pay insurance for that car. You obviously can sell that car. Uh, you don't have to pay for the maintenance for that car. You don't have to pay the gas for that car, right? So that's kind of a that's a, a car is a really really good example where once you retire, you really can get away with probably just one car. You know, I would say in most for most couples. All right, so those kind of car-related expenses, that's why, you know, when you're tracking your spending, you can say, okay, we're going to remove all the expenses for, for one particular car, right? Other things you want to take into account is, for example, clothing. You know, maybe you're not going to be spending as much because you're not going to work anymore, so you don't have to, you know, have kind of the right clothing for work. Uh, going out to eat, you know, maybe you're going to have, you're not going to be going out to eat as much, you know, with your coworkers because you're no longer working, so you might save money kind of in that department as well. If you're retired, uh, you know, ideally you don't have a mortgage anymore, and so you no longer have those mortgage payments. You're not, uh, you know, you're not, you're not paying that principal, that interest on top of that, that's obviously going to have a very, very big impact on your cash flow month to month. So you want to make sure that you factor that in. Childcare is another really big one. When you're tired, you're probably not going to be paying for childcare. There's a good chance that, you know, your kids are probably going to be, you know, out and about, uh, you know, they're not going to, you know, if you're, even if you retire early, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, your kids will be kind of, you know, in school or, or, or out of school by then, you're not going to be paying for childcare um, and other child expenses as well, right? When most people retire, you know, the, the child expenses um, kind of are a lot lower. Maybe the kids are already done, you know, university or college. Maybe they're not living at home anymore, right? So you do want to factor that in uh, because realistically, you're not going to be, in, most people won't be incurring all of these expenses in retirement. All right. Now, step three will be to add any new expenses that you would incur when you're in retirement. So, for example, when you're retired, maybe you want to do a lot more traveling, a lot more than you're doing right now. And so you want to factor in those expenses. Maybe you want to do something like have a cottage or, or a trailer, for example, right, that you can retire to. So that's obviously going to be an extra expense that you're not incurring now that you want to add into in your projections. And kind of a third one that that sort of uh, can be a common one, too, is maybe you have to actually take care of your parents. So your parents might be older now. Maybe maybe they didn't save enough money, maybe you have to put them in a home, you know, there are different things might happen, right? So keep that in mind that if your parents, let's say, you know, maybe they have some sort of illnesses where they need some extra care that they can't afford, that may be an extra expense that you have to pay for as well in your retirement. Okay, and keep in mind that there are other sort of considerations too that can have a pretty big impact on your sort of you know when you're able to retire and on your cash flow. So, for example, you know with your kids getting married, are you going to pay for their wedding or for part of their wedding? That can obviously make a pretty big dent. Uh, university and college for the kids, right? That can obviously play uh, you know a pretty big factor. It can be a pretty big expense if you're fully paying for that. That might push your retirement date back a fair bit. Uh, and third, you know charity and leaving an estate, right? So, do you like doing to charity? Do you want to leave an estate? for your kids or, or have something to, you know, to pass on to others upon your death, right? So that, those are kind of other things where if you, if that's really important to you, if you want that, then obviously, you know, that might set that retirement date back for you a little bit because of it, okay? And one thing that I will mention too is that, you know, when you're doing these projections and you're trying to fact forecast your expenses, it is common for expenses to decrease with age. So for example, you know, if you're generally what, what happens from kind of all the research I've done, everyone that I've talked to is that, you know, initially, you know, when you retire, yeah, you're going to have a pretty active lifestyle. You're probably going to do a lot of traveling. You're going to do all these activities that maybe you didn't have time to, to do, you know, when you were working full time. But, you know, I, after a while, 
you know, you're kind of, you know, you, you get the traveling out of your system, you do all these other things, and eventually you get older as well, right? So you may not be as active. I mean, you, you know, it's not like you're going to be act, fully, fully active traveling the world for 30 years, right? Usually that's not what happens, right? You kind of have that big burst in the beginning of a very active retirement, and then things, you know, things kind of slow down, maybe because of health, or maybe you've kind of already done all, you, you got the traveling out of your system, now you're going to stay at home. So generally speaking, for that reason, uh, what I've seen just from doing different plans with different clients is that the expenses do tend to go down with age. So for example, you know, you're active, let's say for the first 10 years. And then after that, your expenses decrease quite a bit year after your, your expenses decrease quite a bit from that initial 10. What I've also seen is some people will do when they do these projections, they'll do three phases in retirement. So for example, they'll still kind of have the very, very active years in the beginning. Then, you know, so let's say for, you know, for five or 10 years, they have a very active years where their spending is a bit higher because of all this traveling that they're doing, let's say. And then after that, they may have another 10 years where it's it's a little bit less. And then the stage three is when, okay, now they're much older, they're just staying at home, you know, you're not doing, you know, massive traveling anymore. Uh, and so that's kind of where the spending can be lowest, okay? So, so that's kind of another approach. Some people split into two phases. Some people spend retirement spending into three. All right. So like I said, ideally you want to follow those steps. You actually want to calculate yourself what you think your spending will be in your in your retirement based on kind of all these different factors and and looking right now, what, what are you spending right now? How much, you know, and, and factoring that into determining what you would like your spending to be in retirement as well. All right. So that's kind of the kind of my, my primary recommendation. But at the same time, it's good to sort of do some research as well and figure out, well, what what's kind of the typical thing in Canada? What do people typically spend in their retirement? So, you know, there have been some some studies, some surveys done out there uh, that I've that looked into this where, you know, where they ask people who have retired, what are they actually spending, you know, a year? And so generally what, what we found here in Canada is that spending basically for a couple will be somewhere between $35,000 and $62,000 per year after tax, okay? And this is assuming that they have no, you know, no debt and no mortgage, and this is all today's dollars. So basically $35,000 to $62,000 per couple after tax, you know, assuming that the mortgage is paid off as well. All right. So that kind of, that's a, a pretty big range. Uh, 35,000 a year is definitely much more on the low end. And, you know, you're, you're definitely living a lot more frugally at that point. You, you know, you're not traveling to the US most likely, you know, to Florida, you're not going on cruises all the time, you know, but you're, you're able to, to satisfy your basic needs. And then 62,000 is sort of the more, you know, sort of comfortable lifestyle. You're able to satisfy all your needs. Plus, you know, you, you are going to have some luxuries. You are going to be able, you know, to travel a little bit in your retirement as well. So, you know, if you don't want to kind of go through all that work and sort of calculate your own expenses, you know, these are sort of the rough ballpark figures to use between spending up between $35,000 and $62,000 a year in retirement. And of course, keep in mind, this is in today's dollars, right? So if you're not retiring, if you're not planning to retire for another 20 years, then, you know, obviously you're going to need more than that because of inflation. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Okay, now another thing that you really want your money coach or financial planner or financial advisor, when, you know, when they're crunching these numbers for you, when you're sitting down with them, you definitely want to find out what kind of rates of return are they are they using for your projections, okay? Are they being really conservative? Are they being very aggressive? You want to make sure because this is obviously going to have an enormous impact of how quickly your accounts are growing and how early you're able to retire. And you want to make sure that the numbers that they use is realistic. Now, uh, I actually did an entire episode on what kind of rates of returns you can expect uh, based on basically several different sources that I looked at. You might have already listened to that episode. It was episode number 29. So if you have, so I'm not going to kind of rehash everything right now because I kind of already did an entire episode on this and you can even 
can go on the site and you actually see everything summarized there as well in written form if you don't want to listen to the to the audio version. So if you're looking for that information, uh, you can go to buildwealthcanada.ca slash 29. So just the number 29, buildwealthcanada.ca slash 29. And there you're basically going to see a chart. You're going to see typically, you know, based on conservative and optimistic assumptions, what kind of returns can you expect on Canadian bonds, Canadian equities, US equities, and as well as the international markets. Okay. So, you know, check that out if, if you'd like and make sure that, you know, when you're speaking with an advisor or money coach, whoever's kind of doing these projections for you, make sure that the numbers that they're using are in line with historical averages, right? That they're not claiming to get, they're able to give you some sort of, you know, ridiculous rate of return that's totally unrealistic based on history. Okay. So, um, yeah, so just, you know, definitely check that out. Make sure that that is considered by them. Now, you know, when I, with the software that I particularly use, whenever we kind of do the projections, when, when I help financial planners do projections for their clients, we actually use very, very conservative numbers. So even more conservative than kind of what I covered in that episode. And this is just because, you know, we're doing retirement planning. We kind of, we're, you know, we're trying to sort of, you know, plan for the worst, right? It's better for a client to have too much money than to run out of money, right? And so the numbers that we used, and like I said, this is, you know, on a very conservative side, we use 1% for cash. We use 2.5% for fixed income. So for example, if you're doing bonds, we assume 2.5% return. And for equities, we uh, we use 6%, okay? Uh, and these are nominal returns. So like I said, you know, these, these are lower than if, if you go out there and do your research. You know, generally people will use higher numbers, but this is kind of if you want to be very, very conservative, this is what we use, okay? So cash 1%, fixed income 25 and equity 6%, okay? All right, now another thing you want to make sure that they factor in is employment income, okay? So when they're looking at your employment income now, make sure that they factor in that realistically you probably are going to get some promotions at your work, okay? If you don't think you are, then sure, you know, keep it flat or maybe increase your your uh, your employment a little bit with inflation, okay? Just, you know, just realistically, you know, if you're making, let's say, $50,000 a year now or $100,000 a year now, chances are, you know, 20 years from now, you're going to be making more than that, even if you are necessarily getting an inflation adjustment to your salary every single year. So make sure that they factor that into their model. And another kind of obviously big thing to consider too is, are you or your significant other going to take some time off work to stay with the kids? Okay. That's something that, you know, some couples decide to do. It's something, you know, that we're, you know, we're considering as well. So, you know, make sure to factor that in, right? If all of a sudden, you know, your, your wife or your husband or you know, someone actually stays home with the kids, well, you're going to decrease your daycare expenses a fair bit. There's going to be some expenses that go down, but at the same time, you're going to have, you're not going to have that income of that second spouse. So make sure that, you know, if that that's, you know, that's a conversation worth having with your significant other to see what the plans are and, and see how that can impact your retirement. All right, now the next thing you want to make sure you consider is pension information. So if you have a pension at your work or if your significant other has a pension, make sure that that is obviously factored into the plan. So, you know, in Canada, there's the defined benefit pension plans and then there's defined contribution pension plans, okay? The defined benefit pension plans are kind of the, the ones that sort of everybody everybody wants, right? It's the ones where you're basically, no matter how the markets do in the future, you're still going to be guaranteed a certain amount of money, right? So for example, teachers have this kind of pension. A lot of government workers have this type of pension. So you want to make sure you find out what kind you have and what you are entitled to and make sure that that is factored in when you're trying to figure out, you know, when you're trying to do your retirement projections, because obviously that can have an enormous impact of how much money you need. Um, defined contribution plans are, are sort of the more common ones that if you work for a regular company, you know, where you can put in a, a certain amount up to a certain limit and the company will agree to match that, you know, up to a certain limit. So that's, those are the defined contribution plans. These are the kind of most common ones that a lot of Canadians have. 
And so obviously you want to make sure, you know, that those are factored in as well. If you have a defined benefit pension plan, you know, maybe you can be a little bit more aggressive, for example, in some of your other investments, let's say, because you are guaranteed that certain amount. Um, so, you know, so those are kind of sort of interesting factors that you do want to think about. All right, guys, so I know that's kind of, you know, quite a bit to take in. If you have any questions, let me know. Uh, we do, I, there is actually quite a bit more as well to cover. There are some other kind of key considerations uh, to think about and different things that you can tweak to basically be able to potentially retire earlier as, uh, as well. So I'll definitely cover those in the next episode. Right now, I think that's kind of a good a good break for today. Uh, you know, it's, we've been going on for quite a while. Those are some of the things to consider. So yeah, definitely, you know, I'll, I'll be working on publishing the next episode pretty soon uh, so that we can basically finish this presentation and I can talk to you about, you know, some of the other factors that you want to make sure that your financial planner, your money coach, whoever that they consider, you know, when they're crunching the numbers for you, or if you're crunching the numbers yourself, you know, just different things to consider to make sure that you don't miss anything important. All right. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave a review on iTunes if you haven't already, as it really helps other Canadians discover the podcast. Also, if you're looking to learn how to invest, don't forget to check out the free lessons in the investing course over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. And last but not least, if you're already familiar with investing and are looking for some good dividend or growth stocks or just looking to have some investing questions answered, then take advantage of the free one-month trial from 5 Eye Research. Like I said, we have a special partnership with them. Normally, they don't offer this free trial. And there, you can basically view the answers to over 40,000 investing questions, different stock recommendations, different model portfolios, depending on your strategy. And you can ask your own questions as well. So you can check all of that over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash trial. All right, so have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.